0: And hello and welcome back to another episode of R&D. This is Dom and... Rena, And today uh, we have who I would consider a very special guest. Um, I've known him for my entire life. And he's also someone who um, just released his 11th book that I had a hand in helping the past few months that is my dad, Dr. Bob. Hey, thank mm-hmm. you for having me, R&D. <laughs> and uh, today we're just going to talk about a little bit more about you, just also about the book. is going to ask you some questions. I'm going to ask you some questions. And we're just going to um, do what we do, which is a little R&D yeah. <laughs> about Dr. Bob and mental health. So... Um, Dr. Bob, yes. Um, you and I uh, have come a long way, that pretty much the past 12 years since I did my thesis on you for my MBA um, class, I guess. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is that was the start of, let's say, social media and everything. So from your experience, the past. Let's say twelve years of us actually working together. What have you seen that is different between now and then? Well, I can tell you it's interesting. When we first started, YouTube was just starting out, mm-hmm. and they would
1: only let you have ten-minute segments. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they increased it to thirty minutes. And so Dominic and I, when we first started doing the videos, we had we were, I think we were doing about a half an hour. Yeah, that was that was with Rel and James back in the day. And so now, you know, I'll do a shake the head video that's 10 seconds or less.
2: That's my favorite. <sighs> and so I if you really them.
1: understand where we've come, I think we're impacting the world. But we have, uh, we've evolved as social media has evolved. And we really are impacting a lot of lives. So people listening to us right now, it's quite an honor just to help make a difference in people's lives. And I'm glad that Dominic and Rena are doing research and development, R&D. <laughs>
0: um, so... With the mental health book, let's say, how is this book different than the other 11 books and why now to write a book on this topic?
1: Well, it's very interesting because I have patients that come into the office now that have had children that have committed suicide.
0: It's terrible.
1: It is very terrible, or they've died of uh, overdose. And so they are raising their grandchildren and I actually just had a husband come into my office the other day, and he's raising three grandkids with his wife, and he actually is a stay at home grandpa as grandma is working, so you can see you could literally see desperation on their faces because they really don't have an end in sight and Then I have another lady that I'm seeing right now that she looked at me she's concerned that her kid child will either become a drug addict and or do the same. So I'm not sure how much of this is real or perceptive, but parents have real concerns. And it's about you know, their own personal life being compromised or touched. And what I have been really fortunate is that I understand the role of mental health in food and natural health care because my very first book was on ADHD in 1999 and 2000. And I learned about fat metabolism back in the 80s so i've evolved even some of my own information and what's really interesting is technology has also evolved because i have the ability now through the comfort of a, a blood spot test at home or going to a lab that we could literally check the oils in your body wow. and there are people that have depression anxiety um memory issues that we could literally go inside of your body literally Determine what you do need or what you have excessive amounts of, and help change it and create a new roadmap.
0: Great. So, Rena, yeah. do you have any questions for my dad in terms of non-like health stuff before we get into that of like where he grew up, any backstory? Yes. Any?
2: Well, first of all, I am always fascinated. Um, my dad is an MD and Dominic and I talk about it all the time. Like it's just like both our dads are doctors. That's one similarity we have. We're both from the Midwest. But um, my question, cause I'll still grill my dad all the time. It's just like, why did you choose what you chose? But why did you, why natural health?
1: Well, I was planning and sophomore in high school, I was taking a technical drawing class.
2: Mm.
1: I would say that my ranking in my high school class let everybody be a little higher. I was not the best student <laughs> in high school. And I was taking technical drawing and the plan was to join the Navy, mm-hmm. do my four year stint, come out and be a firefighter. That was ah, the plan. wow. So I went down to the guidance counselor's office. They had all these catalogs. I pulled one out. Didn't really have anybody in my family. It was in healthcare looked at the catalog, closed it, put it back in the shelf, and I went home and I told my parents what I was going to do, Mm -hmm. school-wise. I really think it was what I would say it was a divine interception in my life. And when I went to college, I made the decision that I was going to actually be a little bit more engaging in my studies, and I ended up being the valedictorian of my class, (laughs) And okay. I was so excited about what I Started learned. Started from the
0: bottom, now we're here. Yeah. And I was so excited. <laughs>
1: I think my claim to fame that I really don't talk too much about is I taught human dissection. Oh. And that was one of my favorite okay. classes. So I not only learned it, but I was able to get right in there. Okay. And, and it just evolved. Okay. But even in my practice, I. At first, my practice was a bone and joint practice. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until about the late 1980s that it evolved in natural health care because I read a lot. And I was really fortunate back in the day to travel through the United States, go to seminars, go to health food stores. I talk about this in the mental health book before Amazon was around, before Barnes & Noble was around, and find local books, started reading them. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So I think I have the gifted ability to take all these ideas and bring them down to new and exciting information that can allow people to make lifestyle choices.
2: Mm-hmm. Very nice. So that's the journey. Okay. Uh, so it, it was question. Okay, so you have been married for over 40
1: years. Married in 1976. I met my wife probably around 1970, 71, okay. mm-hmm. just met, you know, nothing major going on, but we met at a swimming pool when we were okay. 15 and a half years old.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. I've Very seen this. Yes, I've, I've seen the video about okay, this story. So, I love and this story. But it's story. a true story,
1: and we didn't always get along,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but we both had passion, and we both, our hard, hard work uh, has really separated us from a lot of other people, because not everybody wants to work hard, and we wrote... Two books on marriage, and I think that both of us know and understand how important it is to work with your mate
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of trying to sabotage your relationship. We actually work at our relationship.
2: That's wonderful.
1: And we have always spend a lot of time with our kids. And so, you know, Dominic, um, our oldest son, and we have Anthony, we've always spent a lot of time. You know, we'd go fishing, we'd go camping, and go out to breakfast, and we traveled a lot. I mean, That's when I ate out of breakfast. <laughs> 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 you know, and I have to tell you, this, this, it's not too, this is kind of funny, but when um, they were kids, I used to make pancakes on Saturday. Healthy pancakes, okay? <laughs> of course. We like really the meal kind? Well, but the funny part was the very first time I had this vegetable food coloring. And when the pancakes came out blue, my kids could not figure out how that was. So we made colored pancakes. They never okay. know day to day what color my... They, and I never even told them what I did. We put food coloring in it. Ah. You know, but but people listening to us right now, you have to be creative. And if you're creative from the beginning, your kids are gonna be creative. Dominic is creative because of everything that he probably saw and Mm -hmm. you know, learned throughout our lifetime.
2: Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Jessica Seinfeld had a book about ten years ago called Deceptively Delicious where she snuck vegetables into everything. So, basically tricking her kids into thinking they were eating vegetables when they thought they were eating unhealthy things. Uh, so, how does grief affect mental health?
1: Well, grief is kind of interesting because the that emotion will alter the pH in your body. Yeah. Which tends to make one acid. So, I have the ability, and I have a microscope in my office. Um, I've had the microscope since the mid-1990s. Mm-hmm. So when people come into the office and we take blood through a lancet out one of their fingers, blood cells stick together when a person's pH is acid. And so, so who cares about that? Well, you need red blood cells to carry oxygen. Yeah. So if your, your blood cells are sticking together, you're not going to be able to carry oxygen. So you're going to be tired and sluggish. At the same time, if you have an acid pH, your body's going to absorb or get all the minerals are going to be cannibalized. So you're going to probably not sleep. You're going to be very irritated. You're not going to have enough B vitamins. And your overall body's in a lower state of health just because of that one emotion. Mm. So emotions impact physiology. And I have a chapter of that in the book on anger, sadness. And there's an association, just to give you an example, the kidney or the spleen which we don't ever talk about the spleen but the spleen is commonly removed and but people have a blunt trauma from a car accident yeah. but it has everything to do with your immune system and anxiety so if somebody has a lot of anxiety their immune systems can be weaker oh
0: wow i know it's pretty wild isn't it yeah. so along those lines what can you do when you're grieving no 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 when you're so like for anxiety like Um, what are some natural ways that you suggest in the book just because I know a lot of people um, are looking for alternative solutions right and just because also we're not saying that medication is bad in the book we're just showing them an alternative solution. So, right. what would be some alternative solutions?
2: Something better than chocolate. Uh, yes,
0: <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> well, in the book, we have a, a
1: chapter we talk about anxiety and depression. When we actually have a quiz, it's not a word a quiz. It's, it's a, a seeker. Type of a questionnaire that you're going to have two columns, and we're not going to to give you the answer. So you're going to have to read the book to take the time. Buy the book. (laughs) Yeah, buy the book, read the book. But what's really interesting share the book and share it because there's different kinds of B vitamins. And so when you have one of the columns that you focus on more than the other column, I know that you have a strong predisposition to have anxiety versus depression but most of the time people have a little bit of both but I can tell you an anxious person and I see this in our practice I'll have somebody come in so let's say that you and I are talking and you know we're only going to spend so much time with people because they could literally have, spend all day and take you to lunch or want you to take them to lunch
0: mm-hmm.
1: so an anxious person <laughs> I could spend half hour answering every question they could come out to my front desk and be upset because I didn't spend enough time with them that's an anxious that's what we see with People have anxiety. You can never answer their questions enough. Where a depressed person, they are like, they don't, they have, don't care. yeah, they have this fear of impending doom, and their head is down, and they're walking slow, and they don't see any end in sight. Well, an anxious person, so we will support them. There's a certain protocol that we use to support that anxiousness, and there is a difference between how we treat the two.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um. So, earlier you talked about food and function. Yes. And what, I don't want to, like, so I'm helping write the book and all of this stuff. So, what could you tell the readers of how does food and function actually go with mental health in itself? Well, you know, it's it's been
1: attributed to Hippocrates. You always hear this, that food be your medicine and medicine be your food. So I am very selective in the food that I eat. I really focus on eating uh, mostly vegetables. I eat the what I like to fondly call Dr. Bob's ABCs, which is a half a red apple every day, beet fiber, a medium carrot, and a radish. You know, say, so why do you do that for it? Well, that supports liver function. The liver is a very important clearing agent. It's a big filter. So the emotion of anger impacts the liver. So if somebody comes in my practice, and they're having liver gallbladder issues, I know that they are probably eating, for example, too much fruit. So this is a big point for a lot of people.
2: Wow. There's too
1: I'm not, much. Yeah, I'm not saying that fruit is bad, but fruit will cause a large liver. Actually, it will cause a non-alcoholic fatty liver. And there's research even by the American Heart Association that they even talked about when your triglycerides are elevated, be aware of fruit, especially sweet fruit. So if somebody is eating you know, a lot of burgers, they're going out to eat at fast food restaurants, et cetera, and they come into the office and we see a large liver, which we can see on an x-ray. So you don't, there's not necessarily a necessary blood test for a fatty liver, but you can see it by looking at, this liver is getting enlarged, they need to make some lifestyle changes. And those lifestyle changes would include maybe focusing on some non-starchy green vegetables, backing off the fruit, backing off alcohol, backing off chocolate. Because the liver literally needs a break, and I know that people love to juice today. I'm not saying juicing is right or wrong, but juicing will place a demand on your liver. So we enjoy have people eat raw food, steamed, sautéed. What and are some examples of those vegetables that you just talked about? Well, like I know, even for myself, I will. I our starter because always people always want me to come up with a recipe book. The, Here's the simplest recipe book. You get a cast iron skillet, some olive oil, onions, sauté your onions, sauté some mushrooms, and you can put Brussels sprouts in there. Great source of, it's a sulfur-based vegetable. Okay, sprouts. or you could do bok choy, or you could do asparagus. You could do any kind of green vegetable. And you just combine that. I, I am an animal tissue eater. I primarily eat organic meat, but I don't eat sweets, minimal grains, Like, I don't do brown rice. Not that I don't ever eat any of this, but like, I don't have any of those grains constantly in my life because I don't want it to throw off my blood sugar. So that would be my main foundation for what I'm eating.
0: So then, kind of on the opposite age of, or opposite end of the age spectrum, we have a lot of friends that are raising small kids now. How can, like, how can the parents who are our friends? Make sure that they are incorporating this into their children's lives so they're not having well
1: we know it's kind of interesting what I would do we used to use a, you could use a food grinder and you could literally make food and puree it mm-hmm. like you could do pureed carrots and throw some cinnamon on it oh. or you could get um because cinnamon kind of hides a lot of stuff mm-hmm. if you wanted to you could get a sweet potato versus a white potato
0: mm-hmm. and you could
1: put some cinnamon and walnuts on it you could uh, you could literally, I think, pureeing some food to be kind of fun. Depends on the age. I know when my kids were growing up, we incorporated them a lot in preparing food. Oh. I think that you really want to take your kids to the grocery store, let them choose some of the foods, and um, be a partaker in making the food and in, in just using them as that whole cycle, depending on the age. you know, If you get someone that's four years old or younger, you're going to want to uh, hide it or puree it like i just mentioned engaging the kids here's what's happening in our society today we eat so much processed food that a lot of these kids are not even tasting it because they have a zinc deficiency Mm. this is a really important point if you have a zinc deficiency you're not going to taste food well wheat and soy take zinc out so of your body a good source of zinc would be pumpkin seeds so i would make sure i have plenty of pumpkin seeds around the house because the pumpkin seeds are a great source of zinc. Then this way you know that they're getting some some wholesome healthy food.
2: Okay. What What would you recommend to just example? What did you do when kids came to your house that you had to feed? That you know it's just because I'll t- I'll tell you now if I came to your house with the way that I grew up, it's just like, I would have been like, I'm not eating any right. of that.
1: Well, so, I, want, I want to tell you that we had kids that would purposely and intentionally come to our house. Oh. We actually... We were at
0: the house to come to.
2: Okay. We made,
1: my <laughs> wife and I made, there lot sometimes that we didn't have enough food, so I didn't eat because oh. the kids were there. Oh. And, well, it's, it's okay. But when we have some kids, I... So let's just say back in the day, so we even transitioned more. My wife was great at making pasta sauce. Okay. So kids would come over and they would have pasta and and, uh, homemade sauce or homemade meatballs or we'd cook chicken on the grill. So we never had an issue. If you prepare it right with flavor, Mm -hmm. it's amazing how even adding herbs or something or like making potato salad or coleslaw, they loved eating that kind of food. Now, they might not... And we would still, I don't eat potato, I haven't had potato salad in a long time, but just, you would make it inviting for them, and okay. they always would like it.
2: Okay, that's, that's a solution, because it's just like, but because I'm just thinking in terms of so many kids don't try things, and so many parents just are so overrun with, you know, fast food's easier, I'll do this. And to enter into an environment like that, it's just like, I could see kids turning up their nose at it, but that sounds amazing. Well, you could
1: make nachos. You know, you can get organic ground beef or organic chicken or whatever you want. You could get organic corn chips. You could literally make a phenomenal taco-type salad that the kids would just devour. Because yeah. hummus is good. It salsa is. is good. It is. And you get some good corn chips, mm-hmm. you know, and kids will eat that.
2: Okay you it's a good solution they used to love
0: to make waffles too we used Uh, to make a lot of waffles (laughs) and like something that we do talk about in the book that i know was is true is um i think what has helped my mental health is having that like family dinner every night Mm. if not every night it was definitely like six nights out of the week and I would say for the most part that does not happen. Like granted I don't have a family, which is fine. But like (laughs) but like when growing up we definitely um dinner time was family time. Mm. And so like that's when you shared about the day, et cetera, et cetera. And I just don't know how often that actually does happen anymore. You know,
1: I'm kind of chuckling to myself because even when we would travel to go to, like, soccer that these guys would be at, we would take food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could know that my wife had someone make a comment one time, like, why do you guys, you could just stop at a fast food restaurant. And my wife looked at the person and said, you don't understand. It's not about that we can or we can't stop there, but we choose to do this. Like, you can make chicken salad and take it with you in a cooler bag. So we used to take food with us. And then we, are, we took this really serious. And even to this day, with it just being my wife and myself, we sit down and eat dinner together. And when I'm here visiting Dominic or any of my other kids, we, we sit down and we're not used to it. Like, I don't remember the last time I went to a franchise restaurant and had food given to me on a platter with paper wrapped around it. That's just not a part of our life.
0: Not that that's bad. No, but I mean... Okay. <laughs> but just, you
1: know, <laughs> we choose... It's all choice.
2: Yeah. that's And that's wonderful. Uh, what... Can I ask a question? Okay, just like... Absolutely. Dominic said he doesn't have a family. I don't have a family. We live five minutes away from we, each other. and I are
0: family. Yeah. We're friends. Yes,
2: we are. Yes. Very much so. But what would you recommend for someone who is single, who does have to eat dinner by themselves every day or what what do you think are some mental health steps that they can take well, that I mean, are completely natural
1: I want mean to know that half of the year I live by myself because okay. my wife lives in another state and I travel back and forth because I have two practices yes so I go back and forth every two weeks so it's little... a mutual decision oh yes yeah. oh, so, okay no, but it worked <laughs> well it works for us because of just her body and sunshine during the winter time and you know I I'm fine being in the cold weather, etc. It's not a big deal, but I plan ahead.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, I will make, let's say, chicken, and I'll have that chicken ready, and I will already know that I'll have either cabbage. Cu- I'll cut up everything in advance, mm-hmm. and I really have started working on having my larger meal at lunchtime. So, like, I'll make five or six salads for the week and keep it in the refrigerator. I will bake chicken, have it in refrigerator in individual containers, so I'll eat a Salad at night with, for example, chicken, um, or then during the day. The other day, I took spinach, onions, mushrooms, and a half a dozen eggs made with this spinach type of whatever you would call that. Cut half of it, cut it in half, and one day, ate half and the next day, ate the other half. Okay. So, you know, it's just all about planning. So, I eat by myself two weeks on, two weeks off.
2: Okay, sounds good. How, um, so Dominic told me that uh, you were raised Catholic. That's correct. But um, not so much anymore. How has your faith shaped your practice and just the way that you look at mental health and natural health?
1: Um, I think what happened to me along the way, because I transitioned from the Catholic Church in the late 1980s, became more faith based, became more and more aware of every word that I spoke, because every word that you speak is going to impact you in a very positive or negative way, and just because of me making the statement of my faith-based lifestyle, I have attracted more faith-based people that respect how we go about taking care of people in the office. So back in the day, uh, before I was a faith-based Christian, I used to have people come in, they smell of alcohol and cigarettes, and there's not anything wrong with that. But as my life has changed, it seems like those individuals maybe have found other health care providers. And so I've seemed to naturally, maybe even in the spirit realm, have attracted more faith-based believers and you know i was on christian radio i was on christian tv i've been on christian tv around the world so you know a good percentage of the patients that we see and i pray with we pray before we start every day in our office and let's say you came into my office and you were having a personal challenge or something was going on and i sensed it and i said hey rena would you mind if i prayed with you I would love and you would say okay, but then I have had people who are a Catholic and prayed with them. They'll make the sign of the cross, and which I think is kind of interesting, just because of their uh, lifestyle demographic. And so you know, I think I just naturally have attracted people to make a difference. You know, a big change in my life did occur in 1991. Is that's when I quit drinking alcohol. I used to. I started drinking alcohol when I was 12. I happened to be an ultra boy and I drank until I was about 35 years old. And so alcohol had a negative impact on my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that spirit of alcohol left and the power of the Holy Spirit entered my body, and I've not Good. been the same since. Okay. In a positive way. That is. And I saved a lot of money too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which helps. Yeah. Yes.
2: Saving money is always good. And money, I think, is a big part of mental health, too.
1: Well, you know, I was listening to our pastor last week, and she said the number one family issue is finance. So, you know, I don't want to get into how you should have your marriage, but my wife and I, we've always just, the money is in the pot. Mm-hmm. And neither one of us over You know, we are very logical in our approach but I do know that um, there are people that come into my life now that are patients that have been married more than once. Mm-hmm. They may have had a situation where they lost finances and a little gun shy,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: want to cohabitate, which I don't think is a wise thing to do. I have a practice in Florida, as I well, I didn't mention it, but I have a, another practice, and I have people in my life there that have been cohabitating with two or three people over three or four years. And so that's not always a very wise thing to do. So, you know, you don't want to deviate from the roost without getting into all the other aspects and ramifications that can occur because of that. Okay. How was that for an interesting answer? <laughs> <laughs> very,
2: very, very. Um, what's one thing that you can do today to improve your... What, what are things that we could do today to improve our mental health naturally?
1: I can tell you one thing that everybody could do, costs literally nothing, is to take a walk. Everybody should walk at least a half hour every day, minimum.
0: I walk to Rena's house.
1: Yes.
2: Yes he, yes, he does. And he he loves his walk. It's just like there are times when I'll call him and he'll just say, you know, hey, I'm taking my walk. Or it's just like, we'll, we'll hang out, we'll... We'll talk about the podcast or something, and he'll. Say, and when we're rounding up, it's over. He'll say, would you like to take a walk with me?
1: Well, you know, walking is really good because you're you're increasing endorphins. Yeah. I think another really important mental health tip is to drink water because water is hydrating and it's causing your blood. See, this whole idea of blood cells separating is significant. There's a little tool we use in our office called the maximeter where you can put your finger in this little device, and it does an infrared evaluation of blood flow. So you can determine how much oxygen you have in your body. And I think another area that would help people immensely is uh, being aware of how much sugar they're consuming. Because sugar is the great cannibalizer. In other words, it's going to suck minerals out of your life. And your body needs minerals for optimal health. And I think another thing that doesn't really cost anything is trying to be in bed early. When I say early, you really should try to be in bed by 10.00. Because those hours before midnight is when your adrenal glands uh, restore themselves, and I think something else—it's a biblical principle—you don't really want to have any grievance. You don't want to. You wouldn't I forgive everybody that's ever ever done anything to your life. You know, we all have had issues—not maybe personal issues. Well, I guess most people do, but you know, you just gotta let it go. It is not worth it because it can cause bitterness yeah you don't want bitterness,
2: yeah, and these are things that I completely agree can help sufficiently that are free right that's awesome, okay, one more
1: thing. Okay. be aware of every word you speak, and I take that really serious. Mm-hmm. You want to be aware of every word that comes out of your mouth because your life is a reflection of what you say, and I don't want anybody to say anything unkind about me, so my wife and I We wrote a book on on marriage. We're doing a program now for the church that we attend. And we have this rule. And the rule is she never and I never will ever say anything unkind about her, especially in front of anybody. And we choose our words wisely if we have a discussion that we need to share. (laughs) Because, you you know, Mm -hmm. because you're going to make up afterwards and you don't want to hurt anybody's heart. Of
2: course.
1: So you've got to be aware of that. Free. That was um, all free too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one thing when Dominic told me you were going to be our guest, I told him one thing that I wanted to ask. Like when I get my friend's parents, and not anything unkind, oh, yeah. uh, but one question I had just because we're recording this the day after my birthday, and I love my birthday. But Dominic is very secretive about his birthday. One year I used to my thing that I used to do for people's birthdays is I would make the I would take a picture of them and put scriptures that reminded me of them and just things that I was praying over their life. And he called me and told me, "I don't want one." I don't want it posted. I I don't want it. I don't want anyone to know when my birthday is. How was he like as a child when it came to his birthday?
1: You know, it's kind of interesting because I'm really private. Like, I'm here in Los Angeles right now. Mm -hmm. and where I live nobody knows I'm here Mm -hmm. so very few people know a whole lot about my life just for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. so you know we did celebrate Dominic's birthday I remember one time we had this guy that we rented he was a pirate remember that guy it was was kind of crazy that's already off camera uh, that's going to be discussion uh, that Rita's going to have with which you know the thing is is that um I, have had, I actually had a friend of mine say something to my wife some time ago. that She said, I understand why you guys are really private about your lives because they have a lot of issues because they've been too open about their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: people are very inquisitive about what you do or you don't do. They kind of like track you. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I, I respect them for that, it's, which I understand. You got to understand, being a professional, I've been practicing since... 78 and i've been on tv all over the world yeah. uh, people kind of you know they just ask questions so like why do you what what difference does it make what i do or don't do
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing about it is i am a very inquisitive nosy person and I, i'll meet people and just tell them right off the bat it's like you don't have to answer feel free but just know i'm gonna ask a lot of questions I
1: I respect that. And we mm-hmm. just kind of defer those to another time. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it has been really nice talking to you because Thank you. I can totally see. I, I feel like I understand him so much better.
0: So, so,
1: how old are you? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And with that, we will see you next time on R&D.